Well, today I want to ask a question that's probably not real, real uh, common uh, that we would ask in church, but I think this is going to apply to all of us, uh, and I think that we can leave here today with uh, some ways that God's going to help us walk even in greater and better ways. But this is a message that you need to respond to. If you don't respond to it, um, well, first of all, I will have failed greatly, and it won't do us a whole lot of good unless we put something, take something, and put it uh, into action and respond to it. Well, here's the question. There we go. How much of God is enough? How much? I'm sure we've all heard the adage that says, oh, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And we, you know, we can get to the point where we're not even living in the real world. I know people that, you know, when they have to have a prophetic word to know if they should have green beans or corn for dinner. Uh, which one do you have in your freezer? <laughs> and it, it can be the point where it gets a little ridiculous. But how much, how much of God is enough? See, God is such a gentleman. He's such, <coughs> excuse me. He's, he waits for our invitation and inviting him in. How much? How much do you recognize him? How much do you welcome him in your life? The scripture says it this way. I will never leave you nor forsake you. How often? How often? Never. What's never mean? Never. <laughs> it's really a hard word to find a synonym for, isn't it? Never means um, um, never. <laughs> Do we believe that? Do you believe, really believe that? Thank you. How many believe it? Can I just lovingly say, I don't think you do, nor do I. Now we intellectually and even maybe theologically consent to the idea and concept, but see, in order to believe something, it has to affect how you think and has to affect your actions. And if it doesn't affect that, you're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe God will never leave you? Yes. I want to say, prove it. By how we live our everyday lives. See, I have to admit, sometimes I kind of want a God to step out of the car as that driver in front of me has irritated the snockers out of me 
Anybody relating yet? And I want, I see, I feel obligated to inform them of their error. I mean, anybody else feel obligated to inform them with my horn or some other? I thought that was funny. I, evidently not. <laughs> but I, I just want to challenge us today that we are we are taking a look at our lives and doing a little inventory is how much is God involved in everyday life? How much do you recognize God on your life? How much is he involved? Like, is he there when you get dressed? Now that even, that's a little embarrassing. Like, mm, uh, uh, you really can't hide from God. Mark Wall was telling me a cute story this week about uh, a couple that was really being evangelized and, and trying to be invited and, and hopefully into the kingdom. And, and so they were discussing it and, and they said, just we'll be right back. And they went to a private room so God wouldn't hear them talk. So they could discuss this, you know. Are, are, are we going to respond to this, God? They didn't want to. They want to hear God here the conversation. Now we we know we laugh at that, but I kind of think we might do that. Have you ever asked God what to wear? Is He involved in that? Ever include God as you put on your makeup? I hate it when it smears. I just hate it. Just. Is, is God, do we really see him? I will never leave you. That means whatever it is, he's there. Do, I already confessed about my need to inform drivers of their need. Anybody want to confess with me? The rest of you are lying. <laughs> How about um, when you're eating? See there? How about when you choose what to eat? Hmm. Is he involved in that? Do you let him be involved in that? Maybe you would choose a different thing. I don't know. But, but my point is that I want to challenge us that we include God into everything. See, I think we kind of have, like, we make compartments and departments in our lives. And there's certain things certainly we include God in. You know, going to church and our prayer times and reading our Bibles and, and praying with somebody or, or, you know, listening to worship music. But there are, I think there's ways we kind of come in and out and we have some compartments and departments. Yeah, God's there. But these other everyday practical things, I want to challenge that God wants to be involved. And that I think for every one of us, we can open up the door more and more and more than it is currently.
I will never leave you. Never. So the whole thing of these compartments and departments, you know, what's God involved in? How much? How much is he not involved in? And this is a time to do some little personal inventory. I like to go away and spend time with God alone. Uh, this is not my daily quiet time. These are other times when it's just, I like to think of like sneaking off with God. And so I was doing this. I was down at Johnson Landing, for those that you know who that, where that is. And, and I went down there. It was just a gorgeous day. It was, the river was, you know, about from here to the wall. And it was just rippling. And it was, you could smell it. It was clean. And, and uh, the breeze was blowing both windows down. I had my Bible. I had my notebook. And, uh, oh, man, it was a great day. And I said, God, I really haven't come here today with an agenda or a list of requests that I'm really hoping that you'll respond to. I have come here today just to be with you. Just to be with you. I, I'm not asking for anything. I don't want anything from you. I just want to be with you. At that moment, he spoke to me and he said, would you take me for a ride on your four-wheeler? And I said, excuse me? God wants to go play? Man, I must have missed that week of Bible school. So I said, okay. It's only about a couple of miles away where I kept it. And so I, I drove over and I brought it out of the building. And this might sound crazy and I might be crazy. But as sure as I'm standing here today, I slid forward. I actually literally slid forward and God got on. And I went riding on my four-wheeler with my God. And I had so much fun. Actually, I drove pretty crazy because I figured he'd protect me. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't want to fall off either. <laughs> and there's a place down over here that between the two railroad tracks between Love Lake and you're not supposed to be on it, but I did. And, <clears throat> and it's just, you, you can book it down that, that. It's a nice gravel path. And I, was, I had it wide open. I took some jumps I wouldn't normally take and that's so much fun. But you know what? How long is appropriate? How long should I do this? Should I go back down the river? Are you feeling the awkwardness? Are you hearing this? I didn't know. Is it okay to keep on playing? Well, I did put it away and I went back to the river, but I don't remember what that day, but I remembered that he said he wanted to have fun with his son. My friends, your best memories are what you do for fun, and I think we leave God out of it. Why? 
if God cannot be a part of your fun, why are we doing it? Ladies, I have a great announcement for you. You ready for this, ladies? God loves shopping. (laughs) If you're there. See, I think there are these types of things we just don't really see God's involvement. We certainly see them in the areas that we think you know, God would want to, you know, our time with the Lord and, and church and those activities. And, but I want to just urge us to expand and invite him in. Guys, God loves fishing or hunting or playing ball, whatever it is you like to do, as long as you're there. When, when I was able years ago, I used to play golf quite a bit and And I would often choose to play alone just so I could play with God. Does God play golf? If I do. I have to admit, he'd laugh when I hit it in the trees. (laughs) But you didn't mean to do that. (laughs) And when I hit it in the water, you know, I'd ask him to go get it because he can walk on water. He never did. I just don't understand it. But it's, I've had some of the most precious times with God on a golf course. Because I really believed He is with me. I'll never leave you. How much of God is enough? I just want to challenge us that as we begin our day, that we invite God into every area of our lives. We welcome him. We ask him to come. Remember, he will not come with us unless you welcome into it. And we welcome into things that maybe are not, we don't think it like on the spiritual end. They're just everyday life. And I just believe that it's going to change us when God is what he wants to be to us. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. See, he's a relationship God. He's not a religious God or a performance God. He's a relationship God. And relationship gods, a relationship God, excuse me, is that which wants to engage with you whatever it is that you like. See, he knows what you like because he created you. He wants to be involved. Now, what if you said to your spouse or to a close friend, all right, you got 15 minutes to talk to me. Ready, go. How many of you know that'd be a pretty cold conversation? But we do that with God. When I was in Jakarta, Indonesia, five times a day, this loud noise would go through the whole city. And Indonesia is the largest Muslim nation in the world as far as population goes. And this loud noise kind of sounded like, 
Dong! I mean, you could hear it, I mean, everywhere. And everybody would stop, and it was a call to prayer. And they'd turn toward Mecca, and they would pray in their Indonesian language style. It, was, it sounded kind of a little crazy to me. And then a few minutes later, dong, prayer time over. And we're here thinking, that's stupid. <clears throat> I kind of think we do the same thing. We just don't have dong. But we have this thing that we kind of come, we just almost like we come in and out of this. Like we do a building. If you're married, raise your hand. So if you tell your spouse, I love you 10 times, um, guys, you take out the garbage, ladies, you cook all the food and do all the laundry, and you just do all that is appropriate in your marriage responsibility, is it okay to go on a date with a different person tonight? I mean, it's, I mean obviously, it's like, that's a ridiculous question, absolutely, because it's a relationship that you've chosen. We don't come in and out of it because a relationship never ends. We never come to the end of it. We never fulfill it. We never complete it. We just keep going the next day, the next hour, the next challenge. Our relationship is something that we have chosen. Now, why do we spend time with God? Why, why do the pastors encourage us? Uh, read your Bible and, you know, get, get in that. And that, it's so right. I'm not in any way uh, minimizing this. So right. Why are we suggesting we pray? It's not to fulfill some obligation of this church or religion or Christianity, but the purpose of spending time with God is to build our relationship. But see, primarily what we do is we read our Bible and pray. You have to read 3.3 chapters a day to read your Bible through in a year. So read 3.3 chapters, got it in, hallelujah. And that's not the concept. The concept is that we're constantly growing. See, I want to challenge you, don't get caught in a rut in your time with God. Don't be doing the same thing, same thing, because that's not relationship building. That's fulfilling an obligation. See, God wants to be involved in everything because he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. So the purpose of our spending time with God is not just so that, you know, he doesn't, we, you know, we don't tick him off as bad. Or that, or that, you know, I've done my, you know, my thing today. But rather, is to continue our relationship. And no matter where you are in relationship today, it can get better. Somebody should say amen to that. No matter where you are, it can grow. And that means we want to have God more involved and more active in our lives. Now, I want to, I want to deal a little bit with an area that, that talks about God involvement. I want to talk about temptation. 
The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 22, it says, flee all appearances of evil. All appearances. It doesn't say evil. It says appearances. And it says flee. Now, if someone says, bomb, what would you do? Flee and <laughs> die. Okay, well, you might try to prevent that dying. We'd get out of here. See, if there, like there is a big beam right down here, and that beam started to crack. What would you people do? You'd get out of here. And I don't think you'd just go to the other side. I think you'd get out of the building. Are you following me? See, I think there's areas of temptation that we really see how close we can get without going over the line. We don't really flee it. We are just trying, you know, I, I, I'll be okay if I'm here. It's gonna miss me. You know, I, I'm all right. It's not sin. I think I can get this close. It's, I, it's still, I'm gonna be all right. Are you following me? And I think often we see how close we can get to it without going over the line rather than I want to flee all appearances. You'll be amazed at how temptation is less effective when we have that perspective or attitude. Let's talk about temptation a minute. <clears throat> I think we mostly deal with temptation with willpower, or maybe call it won't power. <laughs> I won't. And we just try to grit our teeth and no, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not gonna do that. But what if, just what if, we invited God into that situation? Before it got so bad that we just feel overwhelmed. What if in the day's beginning, you invited God in and you said, in areas that might be a challenge today, Lord, I want you to be there. I invite you in advance. I want you to be with me so that I can deal with it appropriately. In James chapter one, it talks about temptation. And it, first of all, it says, when tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me. By the way, I want to make sure if any of you are struggling with this or thinking this, temptation is not sin. It's what you do with temptation that depends upon whether it's not, is or not. Some people really feel guilty just because they're still struggling. The struggle is not the issue. It's what you do with the struggle. But here's a really interesting concept according to this verse. When tempted, excuse me, God is tempting. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Why? I said, well, why God? Because evil has no appeal to God. It's not interesting. It's not attractive. It's not enticing. It's not... He doesn't care. I have to admit, sometimes evil is attractive to me. Anybody else want to admit that? Like a driver? <laughs> evil of shooting out their tires <laughs> is attractive. <laughs> but evil has no appeal 
to God. God does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when? And I want to give you five steps to temptation. And then help us to be able to walk a little bit more in victory as we invite God into it. The first level is by his own evil desire. Now, I want to lovingly, and I'm not trying to put people down, but I think our translators did a very, very poor job on this verse. The, actually, the King James uh, version doesn't use the word desire. They actually use the word lust. But the Greek word is longing. It's the same word when Jesus said he longed to eat the Last Supper with his disciples. It's not evil. Evil's not in there. Translators put it in. And so when I recognized this, I felt like the Lord gave me a way to work on my levels of temptation and be more successful. So I saw this picture of a green genie, rubbed the lamp, popped out, and this green genie said, 25 wishes. And I've always heard three. This is a big green genie. And this green genie said 25. And God says, I want you to write them down. So I wrote down my 25 wishes. <laughs> I didn't put a particular amount of money. I just wrote, never have another financial need. Yeah. I have a dream car. I have some real estate. I have, and I list 25. I got all done, and now, now the Lord says, now look at them. If I fulfilled every one of those, would you be closer to me or further away? Oh, shoot. I got to cross that one off. I got to cross, I had to cross over half. I have lived for the last 45 years trusting God to meet my needs financially because I raised my own support and God has met so faithfully for 45 years. But see, that, that need I have to keep connected to him is what keeps me connected to him by trusting him. See, if I had all the money I needed, I wouldn't need him. Are you hearing me? And I, <laughs> and I have a dream car. If you want to borrow my car, sure, here. I wasn't really going to give it to you. You're not going to borrow my car. <laughs> Oh, deep repentance. I mean, uh, but if I get my dream car, don't you even look at it hard. Are you with me? Not near as generous. Not near as willing. And so I want to suggest the best time to deal with temptation is in our longing, our desire area. And get word of the word evil. It's just desire. Let them purify them. I remember I had to cross out over half. Out of my 25, I had less than 10 left that were okay. The next step, or the next, yeah, the next step, I guess you could say, to temptation is dragged away. This is, I'm going through the scripture. This is James chapter one. 
The second is dragged, dragged away from what? Dragged away from the things that keep me connected to God, from fellowship, from worship, from going to church and being around people that will help me keep connected and keep growing. From my time with the Lord, my time in Scripture. How many ever have been times you've been dragged away? And that's when we get weak. And the enemy knows. See, temptation has not yet really hit us, but it's preparing the path to get us that temptation will be successful by desires that maybe not the greatest, and then we're dragged away. And then is where temptation really comes, and this is where most of us start, is we're enticed. And the enemy kind of dangles the thing out in front of us. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Oh, it's good. Come get it. How many of you notice the enemy does not tempt you with ugly things or things that are not appealing? They look good. And so, ooh, ooh. And then the issue is the next thing that happens is sin, and the next thing that happens after that is death. See, I want to challenge us that we invite God into every area of our lives. Every area. I'll never leave you. How much of God is enough? How much? Here's my conclusion. I'm not done yet, so don't get too excited. My conclusion of how much is God enough is when you've invited him into every area and there's nothing that he's not welcome in. And I think we think we might be there. May I lovingly say, no, we're not. At least I'm not. And I think we can grow more. Let's do a little little evaluation. This is a little self-test, I guess. How about your life? How about your entertainment? Is God welcome? Is he welcomed, whatever you do? And I know that I'm going to step on some toes, and I know there's some people will be in disagreement with me, and okay. Last week, Jason so wonderfully shared with us about the whole thing of not getting caught up in social media and all that. I really appreciated what he had to share with us. But I get so, so concerned when so much of the entertainment today is involved with demonic things, killing people, shooting things down, destroying things. it, It doesn't lead us to God. It leads us to a world that I think is anti God. I get so concerned about it. And I know that if you're under 20, you're thinking I'm an idiot. But I challenge you in the name of the Lord. Let God, if God would not play the game with you, why are you playing it? If God would not sit beside you and do this with you, may I recommend maybe you should join him. I know that's a little pointed, and if I offended you, I'm sorry I offended you, but I'm not sorry for what I said. Because I believe we need to purify 
Has God involved TV watching? Has God involved in your internet choices? Uh, let's do some personal inventory. All right. All right, so is God involved at work? Do you take God to work with you? Do you welcome him in work? Or only when it gets really bad? <laughs> oh, God help. But is he, has he been there all the time? Why not include him as you're driving to work? Oh, Lord, come with me. Let's go to work together. I'll never leave you. Is it true? Does he really mean that? Or is only when you're holy enough? Is God involved? Do you go shopping with God? I just wrote some things down you might want to think about. <laughs> I've already confessed that one. I'm going to move right on. <clears throat> when you're doing just practical things, laundry, cooking, we had this term in my family of cooking. We called it, oh, there's a dead spot. How many of you the cooks don't want a dead, what I mean by a dead spot? My wife said that a lot. There's a dead spot. That means there's just something missing. The flavor is not quite full. It's not tasty the way I want. You know who the best cook in the world is? Why not include him? How about getting spots out of clothes? Stains. Who's the best stain remover? And I just, I just want to challenge to get this down in very practical terms. Prayer Servant Team, could you come forward, please? And I, I just want us just to say, all right, Lord, I want to invite you into every area of my life. I want to welcome you. Could you stand with me, please? I just... I want to suggest you hold your hands out like this. And if there's areas that you're kind of thinking, yeah, maybe I haven't, would you just welcome God in right now? Welcome God into your work, right? Welcome God into whatever area that you felt like maybe he just said. Because he wants to be involved. And if the Lord is just nudging you, I urge you to come forward as we close now. And if you want someone to stand with you over an area that's been a challenge or just ha see him involved in your area. And I really urge you, before you go to bed tonight, do a little inventory about your desire list. What are you really desiring? Is it, would God endorse all of those? Or what do you say, mm, let's, let's, let's put that one away. Lord Jesus, I pray today that we would believe your word that says, I'll never leave you. That we would take it out of a nice scripture that amen, thank you, Lord, and we would put it into practical reality of everyday life. That we would see him in every aspect of our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Please come if you'd like to have prayer um, and have a great week and be blessed.